there, beautiful souls. Welcome to the Ignite Your Intuition podcast. I'm your host, Steph Demetrius. I'm so excited that you are here to join me on a journey of getting curious about your intuition and to learn how to turn up the volume to the voice of your soul while grounding your spiritual experiences in this beautiful life. This podcast is about giving a voice to your soul so that you can uncover the parts of you that you may not understand yet, but you deeply desire to. I'll be right here on this journey with you as each episode I will bring lessons and practical supportive tools as I share my personal journey with you. Thank you for being here and I'm really excited to share this space with you and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to episode 33 of the Ignite Your Intuition podcast series. I'm so excited to bring you part two of the Bringing Your Soul Calling to Life mini series. If you haven't listened to part one of this, it might be a good idea to push pause and then head back and listen to episode 32, where I share the first two steps of how I actually bring my soul callings to life. So the first step was actually figuring out what it is, recognizing it, and then acknowledging it and, and starting to bring it into the physical realm out of your mind and out of your the idea part of you. So in this episode, I'm going to share with you how I actually start to really put things into place and actually bring it to life. So step number three, well, the first step for today, but step number three in the process is creating space. So this is, this is when the inspiration drops in. This is when the how to guide drops in, in inverted commas. This is when all the steps to actually what to do next unfold. So I mentioned in last week's episode that I see it as when I start to write down what my soul's calling is and I start to talk to the people that I choose to talk to it about and I start to bring it into the physical world in those ways by writing it down, talking to people, getting it out of my head and out of my mind and out of my body and out of my energy. I see the universe kind of go, ah, all right, she's got it. Now we'll give her the steps to putting it into place and how to actually make it happen. So this is where that happens in some space. So What I find is that when the inspiration drops in, I like to create some boundaries around bringing it to life. So I create what I call just creative boundaries because for a couple of reasons, when these intuitive and these soul callings drop in, I get so excited about them that I could literally spend every waking moment working on them. And being a mum of three and a wife and a friend and, you know, someone who wants to have a bit of quiet time as well and who loves their quiet time, I cannot do that. <laughs> I don't have the space and the time to do that. So for me, it has to be very, um, very strict boundaries around it. Otherwise, I also waste a lot of energy too. I spend so much time being so excited about it and trying to squeeze it in here and there in these little times in between doing things that it starts to become a bit stressful, but it also wastes a lot of energy. So what I find is as the as the like how-to guide, I kind of call it in inverted commas, as the steps are dropping in of what I need to do to make this soul calling happen or to bring it to life, I will write them down either in my notebook or in my phone. And then when I am in that space and that container of my creative boundaries that I've set in place each week, that's when I will put action on those. That's when I'll send out the emails. That's when I'll jump on Eventbrite and create the events page. That's when I'll jump on my website that's when I will make some um, some photos and some images for social media. So I'll do all those things in those times. Otherwise, if I don't create those boundaries, 
like I said, I just end up um, wasting a lot of energy. I also end up thinking about it way too much too. And I'll be with my kids and then I'll be thinking about what I have to do rather than knowing that, all right, later on today, I've got one hour while all my kids are sleeping. I can sit in front of my computer and do those things. And then it allows me to be more present with my family. It allows me to be a, a, um, a productivity ninja. I just get stuff done because I know I've got an hour and I will just get it done. So it allows me to be super productive. It allows me to save energy. It allows me to be present with the rest of my life. It just helps me compartmentalize a bit and to, um, yeah, to just simplify the whole situation. So creating boundaries basically creates that container. It allows me to nourish my soul calling with energy and with intention too in that space. So when I know I'm in that space, I'm 100% on, I'm 100% focusing my energy, my intention, every part of me on bringing that soul call into life and putting into action those things, sending the emails, doing the website stuff, doing the, the images, whatever it is I'm called to do, contacting the yoga studio where I'm going to run these sessions, whatever it is, it's doing those things. So it's making time to go to the yoga studio by myself and do a mock setup and sit in that energy and feel it and be reminded again of how, you know, how my soul is screaming at me to bring these things to life. So it's creating those little containers, those creative boundaries and putting them in my diary. So that's another one of the things that I do is I put them in, I diarize them so I know they're going to happen. So there's a couple of ways in which I create space. So I've talked about this in many podcasts before, but if you haven't listened to them, the four different ways I look at creating space are the four different arenas in which we exist. So I look at the mental arena, the emotional arena, the energetic arena, and the physical arena. So for me, the mental arena is my thoughts. It's what's going through my mind. It's other limiting beliefs coming up. So this is also a really good one to be aware of when you are bringing to life a soul calling especially if it is, say, maybe different to what you would normally do during the day or it's something a bit out of the blue or even if it's not, our, our ego is really good at jumping in and trying to be a total mood killer and try to kind of shut it down because our ego does not like expansion. And when we are bringing our soul callings to life, we are expanding. We're expanding our energy. We're expanding every part of ourselves. Our soul is expanding. So our ego doesn't like that. So that's when the fears jump in. And this is where I deal with those fears. So I will be very aware of what's happening in my mind. Is my, is my ego starting to tell me things like, why are you doing this? No one's going to show up. Why are you following these soul callings? It's so silly. It's not even a real thing. You're making it up. What's the point? You're wasting your time, blah, blah, blah. All of these stories that come up. What if you spend all this time and no one shows up and all, all that kind of stuff? Like all of these fears are real for me. I know that we all have them. So this is why I'm sharing it with you because I want you to know that you're not the only one listening to these, feeling those fears yourself because everyone who creates anything feels fears. The difference between people who actually create things and make them happen and those who don't is that they know how to deal with those fears. They recognize that they're not actually the truth of them. It's actually this false part of you, this ego part of you that wants to stop you in your tracks from bringing your soul's callings to life. So I really, really would encourage you to start to become aware of your thoughts. And when you do start to notice that your ego is coming in and telling you you shouldn't do it or starting to spin all these fears at you as to, you know, what might happen if you do do it, 
Um, one of the tools that I use is I call it out. I'm like, oh, hey, you go. I see you there trying to throw these fears at me. That's that's really funny. They're interesting fears. And then I'll, I'll kind of make a bit of a joke out of it and it will dissolve. The other thing I do is I come back to the feeling of my soul calling. So I use my body. I use my body being intuitive and being this beautiful intuitive tool. And I tune back in to my soul calling and I will feel that expansion. I feel that lighting up like a Christmas tree inside and being so excited, so, so, so excited to bring this soul calling to life. And all I have to do is spend one second in that energy again to remind myself this is a soul mission. This is something I need to do no matter what my ego says. So if you can have a couple of tools that work for you, they may be different things to these. You may have other things that work for you in your mental arena, but these are two that work for me. So calling out my ego, making a lighthearted joke about it and dissolving it. And the other one is sitting in the energy of my soul calling of sitting in it, playing with it, thinking about it, visualizing it, sitting in that energy and feel it and let, let that take over and let that take away from the stress and the, the constriction and the anxiety and the fear of your ego and play in the expansion, play in that soul source, universal aligned energy that's coming from your soul calling, that's, that's calling you to bring this thing to life or to take this action or to do this thing, whatever it is. So that's the mental arena. Then we've got the emotional arena. And this is also another way if you find that you're feeling fear. So if you find that you've heard the story from your ego saying, don't do it, don't do it. And you haven't maybe been on top of it straight away. So it's turned into an emotion and it's led you to feel fear in your body. And you're like, now you're feeling really scared. Like, oh God, I really shouldn't do this. People will judge me if I do this. Or what if I do it and it's a total failure? And what if I'm, it's, you know, it's a flop and it doesn't work. And, and now you're feeling the fear in your body and you're feeling paralyzed by it. The number one tool that I practice is feeling it to heal it. So I literally will stop and I'll be like, oh, okay, I've, I've let this get into my body. Now I can feel this fear in my body. And now I will, I will figure out where I'm feeling it. So I'll go, okay, oh my God, I'm feeling it in my chest. So I'll stop, take a few deep breaths. I will feel that fear until it dissolves. And then once it dissolves, this clarity always arises once our emotions are dissolved. Once that, that, that overwhelming feeling of dread or fear or sadness or whatever the emotion is, once that is dissolved, we return to clarity. And it's as simple as that. The only thing that makes that process really hard and the reason why a lot of people avoid sitting and feeling their emotions is because it feels freaking uncomfortable. Sometimes it can feel so overwhelming. If I'm going through something that feels so overwhelming, I'm scared to sit there and feel it myself. I, I sit with someone. I sit there with my husband. I sit there with a girlfriend. I put a meditation on. Um, I will hold, create, create some space for myself to hold it and to actually feel the emotion. So it, it moves through me. It, it sheds from my energy. And then I feel it. I feel it move through me. I feel it shift. I feel it start to shrink. And then all of a sudden pop, it's gone. And I feel clear again. So, you know, feeling emotions isn't easy. For much of my life, I didn't want to feel anything. I just pushed them all down. I didn't know what to do with them. But for probably the last like seven years, I've really been working on feeling all my emotions. And I feel like it's a really... 
I feel like I'm very resilient in feeling my emotions and I feel like I'm very good at it because I felt some really freaking big uncomfortable emotions. I've, I experienced a bit of postnatal depression earlier this year and that was a very, very dark low point for me. And the emotions that came up that I felt and that were in my body in that time were overwhelming, was so overwhelming that I had to, that was one of the times when I called in other people to sit with me to feel my emotions. And I know that as soon as I have sat and felt it and I take the story out of my head and I just bring it into my body and I feel the physical manifestation of those emotions, they shift. So I will say they don't sit there feeling it to make it shift, sit there to feel it, just simply to feel it and even to learn a lesson from it because there's always a lesson in uncomfortable emotions within our life. So let yourself feel it. Reach out if you need someone to to hold space for you. It's one of the things that I do when I do one-on-one work in my kinesiology and energy and Reiki sessions is I hold space for people to feel their stuff because it's hard, especially when you're starting to learn how to feel emotions. It's really hard to do it yourself. It's so much easier to say, no, I don't want to feel that. But then we get stuck in fear. Then we don't align with our, the truth of who we are. Then we don't bring our soul callings to life. Then we don't get to experience the joy and the bliss and the abundance and the expansion that comes from our soul. So not feeling your emotions blocks all that stuff. But when we feel it, it's like unwrapping layers that we've placed around our soul. So emotional release is one of the biggest ways that you can really help yourself get clear and hear your soul's callings. And it's one of the things that we're going to be doing in the tune in intuitive women's circles that are starting in January, 2020, we're going to be releasing those emotions. We're going to be identifying them. We're going to be calling them out. We're going to be embodying them and feeling them as a group. So we're going to be doing, we're not just going to be necessarily sitting there feeling them. We're going to do a whole lot of different, um, different tools and practices that help you shift those emotions that help you then get clear on your soul, which I'm super excited to share with you guys as of next year. So that's the emotional arena. Coming to the physical arena, um, I love the physical arena because I feel like it's such a beautiful way to embody your intuition and to body stuff you want to shift. So for me, I need to move my body, you know, at least every second day doing, I like to ride my bike. I like to play soccer in the backyard with my kids. I like to do yoga. Um, I like to go for big walks. I like to go to nature, anything where I'm moving my body. Like I like to do weights and some strength sessions. I like to do a bit of Pilates. All those sorts of things. So whatever is movement for you, maybe it's swimming, maybe it's rock climbing, maybe it's a walk on the beach. It could be absolutely anything. It could be a dance class. It could be putting a song on in your lounge room and dancing with the kids. That's another one I love to do is I love to dance and move my body to shift stuff. Because you, when you create space physically, that's another way in which inspiration and, and um, your intuitive wisdom will drop through into your body when you create that physical space. What you might notice is if you haven't moved for days, I notice this personally, I start to feel blocked. I start to get in my head. I start to not be as in tune with my intuition. I start to not sense it as much. So for me, um, moving is so important. It's very important, especially if I'm feeling blocked, I will jump on my spin bike in my office or I'll go and move my body. And as soon as I start to move my body, I can feel, you know, all the cobwebs being removed and I can feel the energy shifting and I can feel it all loosening up and moving and I'm returning back into flow. And then Pretty much every time I go for a bike ride, I receive some sort of intuitive guidance. So I get home. I always make time for myself to write things down after a bike ride because it opens up my physical arena in the way that it shifts old stagnant energy through me by moving. And then I just, I'll be out there riding around with all this stuff dropping in. So I will come home, 
write it all down because I know that it's, you know, it's coming to me for some reason. So generally it's either like a podcast um, episode that I want to create, or it might be, you know, one of the steps in bringing my women's circles to life, or it could be anything. It could be like an intuitive parenting tip. There's just so much stuff coming through. So I always make time after my rides though, to write that stuff down. So find a way to move your body to physically create energy and, and this energy of flow and this space for these intuitive steps to drop in, for the guidance to drop in so that you can then know what you need to do next to bring your soul calling to life. And the two other ways to look at the physical arena and creating space in the physical arena are your nutrition. So looking at what you are eating, how does the food that you are putting into your mouth make you feel? So this is something that the more you tune in with your body and the more you tune in with how you feel after you've eaten, you will know the foods that help you stay clear and the foods that maybe help make you feel emotional or make you feel tired or exhausted. So I feel for me that if I eat too much refined sugar, if I eat too much um, junk food, if I don't drink enough water, if I'm not drinking enough and eating enough healthy food, then I start to feel emotional, I start to feel tired, I start to feel grumpy, I don't listen to my intuition, I completely block it. So for me, nourishing my body with food and water makes such a big difference to the space I create physically for my intuition to drop in. So that's one that you can just have a bit of a play around with. And the last one when we're looking at the physical arena is your environment. So creating space as in in your environment, like physically in your environment, maybe Marie Kondo in your house or your handbag or your office space or your kitchen table. I've pretty much been spending the last six months gradually going through my whole house and I've done almost all of it. And the energy flows through my house feels so different because I know where everything is. Everything has its own place. We got rid of so much stuff that was just sitting around that we weren't using that we had either just in case or we had been shoved in somewhere because we had nowhere else to put it. But I've been spending yeah, months going through the whole house and I have set myself a goal this year of Marie Kondoing my whole house. If you don't know what Marie Kondoing is, Google Marie Kondo. She just has this beautiful way of clearing your space and essentially picking up each object and asking yourself, does this spark joy? If it does, you keep it. If it doesn't, you get rid of it. Um, and I've literally done this to everything. My clothes wardrobe, the kids clothes wardrobe, my husband's been doing it. We've done it to the linen cupboard, the kitchen, the hallway cupboard, my office space, my husband's office space, the baby's room, like lounge room everywhere we've been going through and um, just asking ourselves if this sparks joy and if it doesn't, we get rid of it. We sell it on Facebook marketplace. We take it to an op shop, um, take it, yeah, try to recycle it wherever we can. And yeah, so creating space that way too, it allows, I mean, you will know what it feels like when you've got a clean area around you. So if your office is clean, if your kitchen bench is clean, if your table's clean, if your bedroom's clean, how it just feels like there's just, it's simple and it feels flowing. Whereas I know for myself, if things are cluttered and you might find this too, if things are cluttered externally, I find it's just really a reflection of my inner world. <laughs> if I'm feeling overwhelmed, if I'm feeling like there's so much going on, if I'm feeling really just unclear in my head, or maybe I'm just stuck in these old thought patterns, these negative cycles, generally my external environment around me will be an absolute mess and there'll be piles of things everywhere. Um, yeah, there'll be just things that haven't been put away. So I do find there is a quite, a, quite a big link to that. So I find that when I physically have my area clean, 
there's there's just this energetic space and that helps with my intuition because there's less things on my mind because there's less things to do externally but also energetically too it, it creates a big shift and yeah the other thing when you're looking at your environment is the people you spend your time with so who are you spending time with in your physical environment how do they make you feel do you feel good around them do you feel inspired do you feel like you know you guys are both holding space for each other how do you feel around them and also looking at your diary as well are you busying up your week so you don't have any space in your weeks or in your days so i use my favorite diary ever and i don't think i'll ever use another diary again um the saint belford diary it is next level it is actually a life planner it's not really a diary it's about 12 12 different diaries in one it's got like gratitude there's meal planning there's habit tracking every day there's a calendar there's all the things that you need and i um i use that to plan out everything i used to actually not take my diary anywhere with me because i found that I was someone who I want to see everyone and I love all my friends and family so much that whenever someone would ask me if I wanted to catch up, I'd always book it in then and there and I wouldn't like saying no to people. So I would come home by the end of the week and my diary would be so full for the next week. So I went through a phase where I would leave my diary at home and if someone said, let's catch up, I'd be like, sure, let me check my diary. And I would give myself time to plan my week. So I'd have a couple of days where I didn't have things on. So that for me is really important, but now I'm really good at setting boundaries like that. So I just still take it with me everywhere now. And it's it's amazing how how much more intuitive my days are and my weeks are when I have that space. When I have space just to be, just to be at home or just to be with my thoughts or just to daydream or just to have some silence as well and let the intuitive wisdom drop in. So they're the other ways in which you can work with creating space for your intuition in your physical arena. And then the fourth arena, we're talking about the energetic arena. So we're talking about, you can also sense your energy through your physical body. So you might use your physical body in the energy arena. You might move your physical body to shift your stagnant energy. But for me, looking at energy specifically, what I like to do is I like to do self-kinesiology sessions where I um, I tune in and I, I feel the blocked energy and I muscle test emotions that are blocking it and I release those emotions to then create that flow. I use essential oils. I use crystals. I use meditation. My favorite meditation, which I've mentioned so many times on in my podcast episodes, is Sonessence. And I will put the link in the show notes for this um, so that you can grab it if you want because they are the most amazing, amazing meditations. They are the meditones, so they actually work with the waves in your brain to calm you down and to, um, or empower you, or whatever it is that the specific meditation is is um, intended to do, but I love those. I do self-Reiki as well, like I receive a Reiki session, so working with energy there's so many different ways you can do it and you let your intuition call you as to what feels good for you or muscle test it if you haven't done muscle testing head back to episode three and play with the muscle testing tool and and use your body for muscle testing but yeah the energetic realm there's so many different ways that you can do it you might even find there's a book you've been called to i um two episodes ago in episode 31 i talked about how the energy of books calls me and how i use my physical body to to feel that calling and to honor it. So you might find that for your energetic arena, you might be reading like a spiritual text, like um, one of Gabby Bernstein's books, or you might be reading A Course in Miracles, or you could be reading something that is helping to clear your energetic 
arena because when you read it you feel the words in that book you feel what they're talking about so the energetic arena can be anything but those are just a few of my favorite ones to practice for the energetic arena and one of the last things that I do when we're talking about creating space is I always create space to ground my excited energy. So I did mention at the start of this um, step number three that I create creative boundaries so that I don't waste my energy and I can just have specific time each week, really focused, really intentional, really tuned in, really in that moment, focusing on bringing that soul calling to life. But I also create space to ground my excited energy too. So sometimes I get so excited about bringing these these um, soul callings to life that I will just be just overflowing with energy and sometimes it's exhausting. So I will do things like grounding and you know, getting my feet on the earth, meditating, sort of slowing myself down. Sometimes when I'm in the middle of creating, bringing a soul calling to life, I'll get so over energize that I will speak fast, I will do everything fast, I'll move fast. So for me, it's recognizing when I'm starting to get that over energy kind of in that space and to go, okay, I need to slow down now. I actually need to stop doing things and because then my mind will start to tell me I need to hustle and do more. As soon as my mind start, starts to tell me I need to hustle and do anything, my automatic response now is I need to stop and ground and slow down because then I'm starting to get into the ego space. So grounding the excited energy and just chilling out is something else that I am embodying every single day. At the moment, my chill out is reading a book or reading a magazine with a cup of tea. So that's one of my, that's one of my favorite ways to slow myself down. I put all of the technology away. I have some quiet time when, you know, kids are at school, my baby's asleep. Um, yeah, just to chill out, read a book, pick up a book, have a cup of tea and just chill out and put my legs up the wall too because I find that super energizing. So yes, I'm going to share with you in the next episode, the last two steps of bringing your soul calling to life. So I hope you've gotten something out of today's episode and I hope you have a fantastic week and I look forward to hearing about your soul callings. Feel free to email me. DM me on Instagram at Steph Demetrius. Share your journey with me. I love hearing about your journeys. And yeah, keep me, keep me in the loop with what's happening for you. And if you're putting any of these tools into place and they're working for you, I'd love to hear that. Or if you have any questions as well that you would like me to answer in future episodes, let me know and have a great week and I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Ignite Your Intuition podcast. I look forward to continuing our journeys together next episode. And remember to email me at info at if you have any questions about intuition that you would like answered or any topics you would like to hear more on. And if you're enjoying this podcast, feel free to share it with a friend and I would absolutely love it and I'd be so grateful if you feel called to write a five-star review on iTunes which allows more beautiful souls to find this podcast series. Have a beautiful day and I'll see you next time.